Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to another message by the Latter Rain Ministries. If you want to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.thelatterrain.org. And as always, please feel free to write us through there as well. We pray daily that our ministry may be a blessing to you as we continue sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. We would like to take a moment to say a quick hello to our listeners in India. Namaste, my dear friends. Glad you are with us. May God bless you. As for today's sharing, we will continue looking at the book of Proverbs. We will be talking about how we really need to think things through before making commitments and promises. Sometimes people don't understand just how important keeping their word is, along with fulfilling self-imposed responsibilities. We are many times too quick to speak or to commit to things and never allow enough time to really think before promising or signing our name. But for now, I would like to turn your attention as part of our prayer time to pray for the elderly. There are so many elderly people that are abused and in different ways, such as physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, confinement, passive neglect, willful deprivation, and financial exploitation. As far as statistics and information, the National Council on Aging, located here in the United States, says that approximately 1 in 10 Americans aged 60-plus have experienced some form of elderly abuse. Some estimates range as high as 5 million elders who are abused each year. One study estimated that only 1 in 14 cases of abuse are reported to authorities. In almost 60% of elder abuse and neglect incidents, the perpetrator is a family member. Two-thirds of perpetrators are adult children or spouses. So as always, I encourage you to pray, but always to be practical and to look to see how you can help the elders that are in your family or around you somewhere. This is something we should always remember. Some of us may be young and vibrant now, but we will all one day be old and vulnerable. So we should treat others as we would like to be treated. So let's pray, but let's also be intentional in our faith by helping those in need. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. Lord, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the salvation that we have through him. Heavenly Father, thank you because we can look to you for our direction, to place our trust fully and completely. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I pray as always that you please forgive my sins and my wrongs, O Lord, because um, I am severely imperfect and I need you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, now that, Lord God, I pray for, for our folks that are, um, that are up there in age, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you please have mercy on them. Look at, uh, at so many of them and they're in really tough spots, Lord God, and they're tough conditions that they've been abandoned by loved ones, mistreated by their own loved ones, Lord God. Lord God, they're, uh, they're isolated. Just so many things that are wrong with them, Lord God. So many things that are just just not in a good place for them. Heavenly Father, I pray that you please have mercy. And help us, O oh Lord, not to just say that we have faith, but to be able to show our faith by the actions that we do, by doing those things that bring you honor and glory. Help us, O oh Lord, to have soft hearts. 
Help us to be useful in your hands. I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord, Heavenly Father, that you may guide us now through your word, through your Holy Spirit. I pray, O Lord, that you please um, help us to have a an open heart and uh, to just take it all in. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we will continue our series on the book of Proverbs. Our scripture reading can be found in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 1 to 5, and this is what we read. My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth, you are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself, for you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself, plead with your friend, give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. It is quite a common problem that people don't think very much about what they promise and commit to, and we need to be careful with this. As we read, when we become a surety for a friend, meaning that when you commit to pay someone else's debt if they don't pay, and when we shake hands and pledge for a stranger, meaning that we are standing by someone that we don't know well, we could be bringing upon ourselves some harm that could be avoided. What we want to focus on is the importance of what we commit ourselves to. We want to meditate on the concept of making promises. A promise can be a good thing, but only when it is something we can actually keep or stay true to. Broken promises are a problem, and promises are broken all the time because people don't think about what they're committing to, or they never intended to fulfill the promise or commitment they made to begin with, that they only gave someone or some people false hopes. So we're going to dissect this issue into two parts. The first part is promising or committing to things lightly, or not really thinking things through. We need to think of just how important promises are. For example, God has given us many promises throughout Scripture. Our very faith is founded upon the promises of God. But what would happen if God didn't fulfill His promises? What if He promised things that He couldn't deliver? What if God said, you know, I promise eternal life through Jesus Christ, but I, I don't think that will quite get it done, so you are on your own with the whole sin and eternal damnation thing. That would be catastrophic, wouldn't it? If God couldn't keep his promises, then following God wouldn't really make much sense. But praise be to the Lord that not only has he made incredible promises, but he also has the power and ability to fulfill every single promise made and to the fullest extent. So, let's go a little deeper, but looking to us now. People sometimes promise things that they just don't have the ability to keep. And this happens in all kinds of ways. Sometimes people don't think about the implications of what they're promising or committing to. For example, we could start with financial commitments, because for some reason, money makes a little more sense to people more than um, other more important things. Sometimes, people just hand over that credit card without really thinking about how exactly they're going to pay off what they just bought. Sometimes people sign on that dotted line way too quickly when they buy or lease a vehicle without giving much thought on how they're going to really make those payments. Sometimes people also sign way too quickly on that mortgage or loan without really thinking about the financial implications they may face because of making that commitment. All too often, 
people make important commitments with the we'll figure it out later somehow kind of attitude. Dare I say, some Christians feel that it is a test of their faith going out on a limb without any kind of thought process, which is very far away from what true faith in Christ is. True faith in Christ has nothing to do with taking unnecessary risks that could jeopardize your well-being and the well-being of your family or those close to you. And I'm making an emphasis on the word necessary because we sometimes commit to things that are just not necessary. There are more wants than needs. We don't need the bigger house so we can fill it with more stuff. We don't need the more expensive car so people can say, hey, look at what so-and-so is driving. We don't need more clothes to put away into our closets that are full of absolutely nothing to wear or more jewelry or trinkets that are just not useful at all. We can't even think about all of the food some people buy. The Bible says that we can eat anything as long as we give thanks to the Lord, but sometimes certain people should have less to eat for the sake of their own health. Let's face it, there are people that have much more than a simple weight problem because they're eating much more than what their bodies actually need. And as opposed to people taking care of themselves, they wind up gaining weight and just going out and buying new clothes because the old clothes they have just doesn't fit anymore. As opposed to exercising some sort of self-control. I'm not saying that we cannot enjoy certain things, but we should always really think about what we're committing to and if they are truly necessary or at minimum invariably within our limits. Otherwise, we may make life harder for ourselves than it needs to be. Making certain commitments are just not really necessary. Let's look at another promise or commitment that people just don't think about, like marriage. Some people get married without really thinking about what it means from a biblical standpoint, not the degenerate and mistaken form the world has turned it into. For instance, some people only get as far as thinking about the wedding as opposed to marriage. They're only thinking about that wonderful day where they will spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on themselves and on people they will never see again or on people that don't even really care about them. It's all about the pomp, the vanity, and what gets posted on Facebook or Instagram or whatever platform or means they use to show what they had and what they did on that special day. But they're not thinking about what happens after that glorious, fun-filled day. What happens after the honeymoon? What happens when things do not go as planned? What happens when they start filing for divorce before they can even finish making payments for that wonderful wedding day they had not so long ago? I've seen that happen many times. What happens when one of them loses their job or gets sick or one of the kids has an accident or life just changes suddenly? Or the contrary, that life doesn't change and the ever-dreaded monotony sets in when there is no more excitement or newness because, God forbid, their lives are just too stable and predictable. God have mercy on us because this is a problem for some people. The commitment or covenant of marriage is not only about the wedding day. It's not about just sharing the good times together and having fun. It's not about accumulating wealth and prosperity. It's not dependent on the circumstances. Biblical marriage is about two people, not three or four, and the two people consist of a man and woman, for those that seem to be a little confused, staying together until death do you part. Like the older vows used to say, I, and you fill in a name, take thee, and you fill a name, to be my wedded wife and husband. 
to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance, and thereto I pledge thee my faith. So before folks say, I do, they should really, really consider what they're getting themselves into. That it is not something disposable or common, but rather it is a sacred institution created by God based on biblical love and principles. Regarding commitments or promises, the Bible teaches us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 to 37, where it says, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So in a more paraphrased version, just really think about what you are committing to, and let it be a definite yes or a definite no. Your word should mean something. The second part to the discussion is that sometimes people commit or promise things just to satisfy someone at a given moment, but without any intention of fulfilling that commitment or promise. And that is just straight out lying. Don't say something that you don't mean. And of course, the Bible teaches us that God has no tolerance for lying. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. John chapter 8, verse 44 also says, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. God has a problem with lying, and that the devil is a liar and the father of it. So if you want to lie to keep people happy momentarily, then you're only taking on the devil's traits and attributes. Our words, our commitments, our promises, everything we say and do or not do will come back on us at some point. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 to 37 says, But I say to you, that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. The Bible also teaches us another truth that is unavoidable, that we will experience the consequences for what is in our hearts, because that is what God is really after. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 to 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So if you want to make hollow promises without thinking about what that may entail, you will cause yourself all kinds of heartache in the process. If you commit or promise without any real intentions of fulfilling those expectations, then you will also experience the consequences of your lies sooner or later. Therefore, if you have to be careful with your own commitments and promises, how much more careful should you be with taking on responsibilities that belong to other people that you may or may not know well? 
We are all human and frail and limited. We can only promise and commit up to a certain point, no matter how good our intentions may be. But the Lord is not limited like we are, and He can fulfill all of the promises He has given us. For example, one of the most important promises He can fulfill is when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. His word also says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Lord promises forgiveness for all of our sins and eternal life if we give our lives over to Him, if we put our faith and trust in Him. Jesus can transform our lives and change our destiny from being hell-bound to heaven-bound. We can always trust in His promises and His commitment to us. So I urge you, put your faith and trust not in a man, but rather on God Almighty. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord, for your love and your goodness and your mercy. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord, that you please always help us to be mindful of what we do, of what we say, of what we commit to, to whom and to and, and how we make promises. Heavenly Father, help us to not be frivolous. Help us, O Lord, to be careful. Help us, O Lord, to be wise. Help us, O Lord, to think things through before we actually do or say what we're going to do. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, O Lord, that our yeses may be yeses and our noes may be noes, that people can actually trust what we say. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks that we can trust you with what you tell us, that we could put our entire faith and trust on you and what you have done on the sacrifice of your son Jesus Christ on your salvation Heavenly Father help us O Lord to always lean on you to trust on you to put our faith in you Lord God to put our faith in your promises Heavenly Father I give you thanks for your love and for your goodness and for your mercy and for the salvation that we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us, O Lord, to be mindful with everything that we do, and especially when we do things for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. Please feel free to write us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.